Welcome to Construction Cashflow. I'm your host, Stu Davidson, and if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. The minute you start to say no to people, here's what's going to happen. You're going to realize real quick that lots of people in your circle had conditions on their relationship with you. don't want to upset the client because it's the only contract I've got and if I lose that contract I'm stuck. If you don't get real with what you really want out of life, there's a saying if you don't know what you stand for you fall for something else. I've trained um, sparkies, I've trained you know, builders, I've trained lots of people and I always tell them, like, you're not going to compete on price with people. Don't even go there. Compete on value. What are you bringing to the equation? For people who work self-employed, work for themselves, wherever it might be, they're giving their families what's left of them, not the best of them. Once you sit down and get super clear of what you want and what you don't want anymore, that becomes your, your GPS. You've got to love yourself enough to protect your mental well-being, protect your space, and protect your time and energy. You know, my big passion is training and mentoring people. As I'm an ex-psychiatric nurse, one of my biggest passions is actually your mental well-being. Um, and I, I think, personally, um, the, the, the mental well-being of entrepreneurial people is neglected. And, and people don't look into it enough. And I think there are probably a lot of entrepreneurial people out there that are depressed and don't even know they're depressed. And see that themselves as providers for their family. And well, with all due respect, unless you are producing assets for them to rely on the income off of that, rather than you being the asset, then you're not actually an asset. You're, you are a liability and it's a dangerous place to be in. And I'm, I'm saying that to everyone so that you, you wake up and you do something different right now. Look after yourself before it's too late. And then when you're on your own, it creates this internal conflict and you start resenting what you've done. And suddenly you start to fall out of love with your work. You start to fall out of love with your clients. And before you know it, just spiraling out of control, your relationships are out of sync, your health is out of sync, and everything's just falling apart. And all because we, we don't love ourselves enough to say no. We don't love ourselves enough to step back and fill our own cup up and recharge our own you know, batteries and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, if your mobile phone ran out of battery right now, we'd really plug it in, wouldn't you? Just How many times do you stop to plug yourself in? In this show, we ask our guests to tell us their story. Tell us a little bit about their background, how they got to where they are today, how they develop their product, their services, their ideas. And we discuss how that can affect construction cash flow and other areas of construction. And also to give us an idea of how we might make things better and give you a few tips and ideas to take away with you. And listen to the end where you'll find out more about them, more about our guests, about what motivates them, what inspires them, and hopefully that'll inspire you too. And always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. In this episode, it's my pleasure to introduce you to 
Jesson James. Jesson started out as a psychiatric nurse, building his department up in the private sector to a multi-million pound business. Since then, Jesson has gone on to become a world-renowned international speaker, mentor and coach. He coaches on mindset, public speaking and business. And so, without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Jesson James. Hi Jesson, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm awesome, thank you Stu. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. Tell us your story, how you got to where you are now, some of the successes and challenges you faced along the way. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm born to Mauritian parents who, who came over from Mauritius um, in the sort of mid, mid-70s. mid um, So I, I, was, I was born in the 80s and uh, grew up in East London, born and bred. And um, yeah, had, had an interesting upbringing, let's put it that way. You know, we didn't have much. Mum and dad were always working all the time. Um, we, never, we never ran out of food. We always had food on our, you know, on our table with a roof over our head, but never had the finer things in life, as it were. And um, was, I, I used to wear secondhand um, clothes, hand-me-downs from my brother, um, cheapest of the cheapest trainers and whatnot, when all my friends were wearing Reebok classics and Nike Air and all that kind of stuff. And if I'm very honest, you know, I got, I got bullied at a young age. Got bullied at a young age for how I looked um the clothes um and unfortunately back then um and i know it still happens now but it was more prevalent back then um for the color of my skin you know a lot of these things that happen when you're growing up and um and that was that was all happening you know you know to, to me at a very young age and i remember you know as a seven-year-old boy getting you know subjected to stuff like this thinking like well, what's you know as a kid you don't you don't have any filters you don't you don't think like people are bad and you're wondering you're trying to figure out why, why is this happening to you why are people being mean um but i guess what it sparked off in me were two things uh, one the desire to want more and go and get it yourself and i didn't know it at that age but i did kind of just sparked this little uh, you know desire in me to figure out how, how can i achieve more for myself because my parents couldn't afford to give me that stuff uh, and two i suppose when you go through extreme pain and suffering it, it also gives birth to love and what i mean by that is you know you don't like seeing other people suffer so i've, I've had it instilled in me from a young age to to you know um, help other people and, and and look at how I can help myself uh, as well. So so that desire, I suppose, to to help others again as a seven year old, after experiencing all this, it helped me go and help other people who were kind of whether it's bullied or left left to one side, you know. And I remember as a kid helping out this seven year old, this other seven year old kid who used to come to school. And I, I have no idea how it happened, but he used to come to school with no food, no packed lunch, no nothing. I don't know how this happened. Um, I just remember me giving me giving him my sandwiches every day because he didn't have any food and i used to go home hungry not say anything to my mum because i thought i'd get in trouble um and i did it for two weeks and then second week i just couldn't take it anymore i said so i went home and said mum i'm starving she said well do you not have lunch at school what's going on and i told her what i'd been doing so i did get in trouble Stu, but, the, but for the wrong reasons for not telling her sooner um because she started packing double sandwiches for, for me to bring for this kid so you know, I've always been helping people since that young age. I've always wanted to help um, people, you know. So I guess that's kind of like my my upbringing, um, as it were, to get me to where, uh, you know, to, to the point where I felt that it sparked something inside of me, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And your mum sounds like an incredible person. For her to double up on the sandwiches and, and say you should have told yeah. me earlier. You know, yeah. I can see where some of your love comes from because it oozes <laughs> out of you, actually. Thank you know, you. it's really inspiring and attractive and not something it. you often see. And uh, I, I love that in you, Jess. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
what amazing story and and so you progressed and and become an entrepreneur yeah. yeah i mean it didn't happen overnight obviously but you know um and, and you've touched on something that's important there my, my parents you know they taught me something earlier on like i'm gonna be honest i didn't learn very good money mindset from my parents because it was very much working you know don't get into debt pay your bills work hard all that kind of stuff which is probably not the mindset i have today um, however, one thing I did pick up from my mum and dad were, were incredible values around look after people, be a good human being, care about others. Um, you know, I, I learned that from my parents at an early age. Like my mum and dad would give someone their last fiver and so would I. You know, it's like um, it's that mentality. And you always you know, you, you probably you know what it's like in the UK growing up around the 80s and how life was back then. Everyone helps each other. You help your neighbour, you can leave your front door open. You could do all the good luck doing that now. But like, you know, I mean, it's it, we, those values that 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 were instilled in us as kids um i think it's missing in society nowadays big time um however that's always stuck with me and so i always teach people this like le learn to make someone else's life better and you'll never worry about money again and that's that's from giving you know so for me i just grew up with this whole give mentality give how can you help how can you solve problems um and i was i was fascinated by by doing stuff for myself namely trying to earn an income you know so i started my first business when i was 11 years old um and that was selling um, i went to mauritius for the first time my parents and i, I bought these little I smuggled back these little chinese firecrackers i, I just kind of uh, put them into my mum's suitcase and uh, got them over to the uk and then um, and then uh, snuck them back out before she was looking and then i sold them in the playground at school and um it was going okay for for, the, for for about a week until someone decided to throw some off the top of a double-decker bus and um uh, in his uniform <laughs> so the public saw who it was got grassed up to the school and um he he um he grassed up who his dealer was and that was me so um <laughs> that got shut down that got shut down real yeah. quick um and then about sort of 14 15 um so yeah 13 i started selling stuff um <clears throat> like drinks sweets chocolates um because the school had a tuck shop um and I thought, well, I could do that. So I used to get, I used to get them from the shop and get some from my mum because she used to stock up on this stuff. And I used to bring them in my bag and sell them in the, in the playground. And that, that got shut down as well because they found out that I was doing that and I wasn't supposed to be. So that's, <laughs> I'm not a big advocate um, right now for business because I've got two businesses shut down already. Um, and then, and then the third thing that I, I did at 15 year old, 15 years old is when, when mobile phones started first getting popular. Um, I remember walking down um, East Ham High Street in East London and walking to the, one of these independent mobile phone stores and blagging the owner to give me this bag massive back bag full of um, accessories for the old nokia phones you know the ones that you could change the face and the aerials and yeah, all that yeah. jazz yeah i remember and, those yeah and he, he gave me this big bag of um accessories and i said look i'll sell them and i'll bring them bring the money back and we can you know split it or whatever it might be and I, I remember going taking these to school i sold the whole lot i came back gave him a wad of cash um, and I think he peeled off like a tenner and goes, here you go. And I went, what? Like, after all of that, I'll get it. And, but in a, on reflection, obviously I didn't think it at the time, but as I got older on reflection, I know what happened in that situation. And if anyone's listening that, you know, let this be a lesson, he or she who brings the most value to any equation gets paid the most. So it was his stock, which he paid for and put the risk up for, put the cash up for. It was his shop, which he pays rent on and, you know, took the risk up for. Um, he gave his stock to a random 15-year-old boy from East London. <laughs> Anything could have happened to that. Um, so he he brought the most value to that equation. I was just a transactional part of it. 
Um, but again, it, looking back on it, that's a valuable lesson to learn in life and business. If right now you're not getting paid what you work, you've got to ask yourself, how much value am I bringing to any equation? Because mm. the more value you bring to any situation, the more you can charge, you know? So a lot of your followers are, are people who are in the construction industry or service-based industry, and you're competing against everybody else. So you can't really compete on price all the time. You're going to turn into a price war. How much are you going to cut? How much are you going to... And you know what it's like in construction. People would love to get a, a few different quotes so you can play each other off, uh, you know, the next person or wherever it might be. So I always tell people, and I've trained, I've trained um, Sparkies, I've trained, you know, builders, I've trained lots of people. And I always tell them, like, you're not going to compete on price with people. Don't even go there. Compete on value. What are you bringing to the equation? Understand, train your prospect to understand you get what you pay for. You know, and so, so for me, I learned a lot about this and then went through college and, and all that kind of jazz, uh, ended up actually training as a psychiatric nurse for people who don't know. I'm, I used to be a psychiatric nurse, um, but when I qualified as a nurse at 24 years old, I thought, you know what, sod it, I want to go give business a go. Um, and uh, I thought I'd give it a go before I go into nursing properly and see what happens. And I, and I, I did, I launched my first company and unfortunately made a whopping minus 65 grand in three months. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's hard. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And um, I mean, for your listeners, they'll probably understand why. Um, I actually started a, a tile and bathroom um, store. And we had wholesale and we had retail. Um, and what was a freaking nurse doing opening one of those? I had zero experience in that industry. But a friend of mine said, we can get stuff cheap from China, bring it over here and sell it and whatever it might be. And, and we, we, got, we got ripped off. We got, we got sold dud stock. Um, and the stock that we could salvage, um, we couldn't sell it because it wasn't our sector. I didn't know what I was doing. We got, we got taken out by all the other big players in the game, you know. So, um, again, lesson, lesson learned. Stick, mm. Stay in your lane. Do what you know. You know, I, I meet a lot of people trying to start businesses and they come up with these wacky ideas and they've got zero experience in them, you know. So you're not going to get anywhere. Use what you already know. What do you already know? And double down on that. So, so I did. I went back. I went into nursing. Um, had quite a, you know short but decorated career as it were i worked in the private sector and in the private sector you climb the ranks quite quickly um so i became the youngest ward manager in the uk at 27 years old um but when you're when you're a ward manager in the private sector you also get given sales targets so you still need to look after your patients look after your department and sell um but that was fine because i enjoyed entrepreneurship so i did i made my employer six and a half million pounds in two years selling beds to the nhs contracts and all that kind of stuff and then sadly for, for everyone who's young enough to remember the recession in 2009, uh, 2008, 2009, I, unfortunately, they, they told me they don't need me anymore. Um, and just like that, my job was taken away from me. And I'm pretty sure people listening can probably recall a time in their life where they felt a little bit betrayed or let down or stabbed in the back, um, you know, by someone or something. And it's how I felt at the time. But I'm a big believer, again, if you're listening to this and you're going through hardship, everything's happening for you, not to you. Um, because that set me free in, in a way, because I thought, you know what, I'm not going to work for anyone anymore. I'm going to go and start my own business. Again, this time I thought I'd do what I know, which is healthcare. Um, so I launched my own healthcare company, supported living service for adults in the community. Um, and it wasn't easy. I'm not saying it was easy. I, I worked really hard, but the, the, the long and short of it is um, that business made me financially free at the age of 31 and a millionaire two years later, which isn't bad for a nurse who got fired, you know? So um, it's Amazing. been hard. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. not yeah, it's not been an easy journey. I mean, that was the kind of the condensed version, although it sounded like I was speaking for half an hour. But um <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been it's been quite a journey, it has, yeah. Oh amazing amazing value in there. And what I love 
Jesson, is is that you've you've maintained the values that you 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 developed uh, when you was younger, and yeah. you know the values that were passed on from your parents. You've 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 maintained those values right the way through, and sometimes as a business owner, it's um, you get wrapped up in the business side of it, and you kind of lose sight of your own identity. Yeah, I know in the profession. So I came from a profession. Sometimes, if I was called a quantity surveyor, I would identify as a quantity surveyor, yeah. And, yeah. and kind of, kind of lose sight of my own own kind of values. Mm. And it can be like that in the construction industry quite a lot. It's quite brutal and quite contractual and quite adversarial. And if you've got values that are not a non-confrontational. Mm. you're good at what you do you want to bring value to the work you do um you know it's very contractual uh, and you can lose sight of that and i think it's an amazing thing uh, that you've done to, to you've, you've had various different types of businesses you've been through you've learned a lot through the ones that have failed and then yeah. you've become very very successful and one thread that i see when you're speaking is that you've kept to your values throughout it all how do you do that yeah, well, thank you. That's that's really kind. And and I'll tell you how I do it is, is take time out to actually understand what your values are. So a lot of the times, business owners, entrepreneurial people, um, we have a higher value of freedom, or we say we do, because we want to work for ourselves. And let's be honest, if you, you know, if you, you, know, you, you, as an employer, or a business owner, whatever it might be, you, you need that element of freedom in your life, because that's why you want to do it. However, our values of safety and security outweigh our values of freedom. So whilst we want freedom, we'll probably do things that we don't like because we don't want to rock the boat. So, for example, um, I don't want to upset the client because it's the only contract I've got. And if I lose that contract, I'm stuck. So I don't what they're saying to me doesn't align with my values. And I feel like I've got a job anyway. Um, but I'm, but I, I, I value being safe more than being free. And this is why people stay in jobs they don't like because it's safe they want to be free from it but they stay so they value free um, safety more than their freedom people stay in relationships that they're not happy in when they want to be free why because it's steady eddie don't rock the boat so i think if you don't get real with what you really want out of life there's a saying if you don't know what you stand for you fall for something else and and that's the truth and um, so for me how i've stayed um, on track as it were is by getting clear with what I want what's what what are my values what's important to me and this anyone listening to that once you sit down and get super clear of what you want and what you don't want anymore that becomes your your GPS it becomes your sat nav it becomes your guide um, you'll know what to say no to what to say yes to you know what to show up for what not to show up for um, you know you'll know how much time to give something versus you know give, not giving it any time at all and because people are literally living out of control right now they don't they don't know what they want they've got no clue what their values are they've got no sense of direction so they're just going wherever the wind takes them and and that's for me i did that for many years you know and it doesn't serve you it doesn't get you anywhere in fact it just it just makes you more unhappy so what's the point i think you know people talk about finding your life purpose what everyone find your life purpose our primary purpose on this freaking earth is to be happy that's your primary purpose Whatever else comes after that, helping other people, changing the world, making it a better place, looking after your family, whatever, those are secondary. Your primary purpose is to be happy. And for many people, I'd, I'd, I'd go as far as saying at least 60 to 70, if not 80% of the population are not happy with what they do for a living right now. Amazing. I think you're right. And what an amazing message. And I think that message goes across all sectors, all businesses. Yeah. Um, 
particularly in in construction you know there's a lot of stress people kind of not really knowing where they're going with things yeah and yeah you know there's a lot of mental health issues amongst business owners in 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 construction because it is such a it can be a brutal yeah. uh, uh, industry and for them to the advice to for them to sit down and take stock and think about their values and then take a step back a deep breath and and then align and i like what you said about knowing when to say yes and no because sometimes i think we say yes too many times out of fear yeah no how, how, how do you think we can we you know we, we all got those subtle fears you know there's the big fears that we all, we can all identify but those very subtle things where i'm saying yes when i mean no mm. i mean how, how can we kind of address kind of that sort of thing that the, the more subtle fears that build up over time yeah um again it's not an overnight fix because what i'm about to say to people especially in the construction industry you might think it's a bit a bit woo woo and tree huggy but the truth of the matter is if you don't love yourself you're going to say yes to everyone and and what i mean by that is you've got to love yourself enough to protect your mental well-being protect your space and protect your time and energy you know especially as an entrepreneurial person you've got so many demands on your time you've got your team members you've got your clients you've got bills to pay you've got your family that you've got to provide for and support for and everything falls on your shoulders as a as an entrepreneurial person and every supporter needs a supporter you spend so much time trying to support everybody else but you know that includes pleasing others and saying yes all the time and what that hap what happens then is you say yes to everyone and then when you're on your own it creates this internal conflict and you start resenting what you've done and suddenly you start to fall out of love with your work you start to fall out of love with your clients and before you know it just spiraling out of control your relationships are out of sync your health is out of sync and everything's just falling apart and all because we we don't love ourselves enough to say no we don't love ourselves enough to step back and fill our own cup up and recharge our own you know batteries and all that kind of stuff and i mean if your mobile phone ran out of battery right now we'd really plug it in wouldn't you mm, but yeah how exactly you stop just how many times do you stop to plug yourself in most yeah. people don't and and that needs to happen more i'd say for entrepreneurial people than people working a job with all due respect because when you've got a job you get your annual leave you get your sick pay, you get your tidy little pension, you, you get to switch off when you switch off, you clock off at five, you don't worry about a thing until you're back in the office the next day. Whereas an entrepreneurial person doesn't switch off. There's yeah, no annual absolutely. leave. There's yeah. no sick pay. There's no open hours, close hours. You do you could do a whole day at the office and then come back and do another shift at home because do all the stuff that you haven't done in a day. So when are you going to stop? And that means learn to say no and and my advice to anyone listening to this right now the minute you start to say no to people here's what's going to happen you're going to realize real quick that lots of people in your circle had conditions on their relationship with you and that yeah. basically means oh i'm not gonna oh stew's changed stew's this stew's that he used to say yes he's always been out of order now so you were only happy because i played your game so you don't really like me basically you just like me because i play your game and decided because i've decided to fill my own cup for a change i'm now a bad person and you've forgotten all the good things that i've done well with all due respect again from a place of self-love i don't need you in my life if that's your, your approach but people just need to get courageous and understand that you're not meant to please everybody and in fact i'd highly recommend you keep your circle of influence tighter stop pleasing everyone having loads of friends or wherever it might be because not everyone's your friend and um and and i learned i learned this quote from mike tyson he said not everyone you fight is your enemy and not everyone you help is your friend mm, and and i think yeah. people need to understand that sometimes you're fighting the wrong people there's people who actually care about you and they're telling you stuff 
They're telling you to slow down. They're telling you to look after yourself because they care. They don't fight them. They're not your enemy. But all these other people that you're busy helping, they're not all your friends either. So keep your circle tight. Love yourself more. Learn to say no. Even if you've only got 20 minutes each morning to dedicate for yourself, do it. Do it. Just don't don't get involved with other people's stuff. Set. I'm, I'm not a big advocate for 5 a.m. clubs and all this nonsense. Do what works for you. But as soon as you wake up, you shouldn't be worrying about anything other than yourself. Have you have you hydrated? Have you journaled? Have you meditated? Have you looked after yourself first thing in the morning? Even if it's 20 minutes, I know what it's like if you've got kids and stuff. Can you wake up a little bit earlier where you've got that little bit of peace and serenity where there's no one else around? Pour into yourself for a bit. If you can't fill your own cup up, you're going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely echo that. And it's so easy. I know even if with, with myself, I became complacent in terms of what I could do. So I was yeah. kind of probably saying yes too much, taking on too much and not giving myself time in the day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think now I do, between tasks, I do give myself time throughout yeah. the day because yeah. my day isn't a nine till five, you know, yeah. like as you was mentioning. And I give myself what I call non-thinking time. <laughs> so it's the time when I'm not thinking you know I try to get off of that kind of thinking about this or that you know I finish a, a task and I'll go out for a walk and I'll yeah. just listen and observe things around yeah. me even if it's a half an hour and it's and and and, and going on from what you've been saying it's work it works it's it, it's massive you know you, it, it really is it helps so much absolutely absolutely and there's a saying um don't be at the office if you're not at the office and and what that means is if you're not at work don't be at work because most of us are still at work we're still up at work up here so we're not present so we're with our families we're with our kids and we're not present and we're not we're not in the moment we're still, we're still at the office some of us are at the office before we get to the office and some of us are still at the office when we leave the office in our heads you know <laughs> so true it's not it's not cool and your kids your, if you've got kids if anyone's listening to this and they've got kids look please understand that even if you've got only an hour to spend with your children in the evening give them 110 percent of your focus and attention because you won't get this time back and you're living in a world where a lot of entrepreneurial people especially contractor people people who work self-employed work for themselves where it might be they're giving their families what's left of them not the best of them and that's not that's not right because who are you doing this for in the first place i get it you're doing it for them i understand that but what's the point in busting your backside working hard stressing out sleepless nights all that kind of stuff when you can't even be present with the people that you're doing it for so you know it, it's it's a shame it's just like a vicious a vicious cycle that people get caught up in and sometimes you've got to slow down in order to speed up and that's why i keep telling people just stop pause reflect like how do you we're, we're in look the time of us recording this now we're already into the second month of, of 2023 and i guarantee you people who started off on the first of january with all the best intentions to do things differently where they've just all they've all fallen into the same old habits and mainly many people listening to this maybe you have but here's the thing new year was sent to trick you it's a superficial way of pressing reset you can press reset right this very moment you can press reset first thing tomorrow morning so if you've fallen off the wagon what's the best way to get back on just get back on that's it you know so uh, it's, it's simple <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic so jessen tell us tell us a bit more about your your latest projects ideas the things mm. you're involved in now what your your aspirations are for 2023 yeah so um, as you know Stu, i've got a big passion for helping other people um i i, I do own other businesses you know i even own, own my own fragrance brand and stuff and things like that but 
my, my big passion is training and mentoring people. And um, for, for us, there's a big push this year to get people more help. Um, and it's not just business training. It's, it's, it's personal development, working on yourself, health, wellness, um, you know, fitness, the whole lot, like looking after yourself. So, so we want to help more people. But as I'm an ex-psychiatric nurse, one of my biggest passions is actually your mental well-being. Um, and I, I think personally, um, the, the, the mental well-being of entrepreneurial people is neglected. And, and people don't look into it enough. And I think there are probably a lot of entrepreneurial people out there that are depressed and don't even know they're depressed, you know, or, or suffering with some kind of anxiety or something of the sort. And they just plod along because they have to, you know. And, and so, so I suppose for me, there's a big push this year to go and help more people. Um, I've, I've made a lot of my, my trainings now more accessible. We used to do a lot of face-to-face -face and we still do face-to-face -face trainings. But, you know, I've brought a lot of my stuff online now. Um, I have a coaching franchise as well, where I've got a lot of incredible coaches that I've personally trained um, who, who work with me um, and they, they help they help entrepreneurial people really regain balance in their lives. And um, we're really pushing that this year to, 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 to let people know, look, you're not alone. Speak to someone and um, get the help that you need. Get regain some kind of balance. And, and when I say balance, balance isn't like a set of scales where everything's equal. There's no equilibrium in entrepreneurship. Um, you probably spend more time with your business and your colleagues than you do your family. And I get that. Um, however, going back to what I was saying earlier, if you are at the office, be at the office. If you are at home, be at home. So even if you've got two hours at home, give it 110 percent of, of your attention, because let's be honest, Stu, if you're talking to a client right now, you probably put your phone on silent, you know, give them 110 percent of your attention. You're not thinking about anything else. But so why do we pick up the phone when when we're with our kids supposed to be playing football with them? Exactly. Exactly. There's no respect, no respect, there's no balance. So when I say balance, it means whatever you're doing, give it 110% of your time. And I think a lot of entrepreneurial people, their health is spiraling out of control. The physical health, a lot of them are obese, putting on weight, you know, at risk of heart disease, cholesterol, diabetes, all this kind of stuff. So they're not looking after themselves. They're not, they're not, they're not looking after their headspace. They're going at 100 miles per hour. And here's the biggest problem. They're abusing their bodies and their minds so much to the point where they might not be able to work. So if anyone listening to this right now, I've got a really strong message to share with you. If you get hospitalized for the next six months and cannot work, what's going to happen to your business? What's going to happen to your loved ones who rely on your income? So you are actually, and I'm going to say this with the utmost love and respect, but I do want to shock you into listening to what I'm saying right now. You're not actually an asset to your family, you're a liability. That's what you are. Because everything that you do is in your head, Everything that you do is trading your time for money and therefore your reliability. You, you are not someone that your family can rely on because you don't have, unless you've got investments and whatnot, you do not have another way to pay your bills other than work. Therefore, if you get sick, you get hurt, you get run over, have an accident, whatever it might be, especially in the construction industry. Do you know how many friends I know who's fallen off the ladders? Can't work. Yeah didn't think about it They're, then you are not an asset to your family like and look i know it's your audience i'm not just saying your audience are men but I'll, I'll you know a lot of men see that themselves as providers for their family and well with all due respect unless you are producing assets for them to rely on the income off of that rather than you being the asset then you're not actually an asset you're you are a liability and it's a dangerous place to be in and i'm, I'm saying that to everyone so that you you wake up and you do something different right now look after yourself before it's too late I've seen on the threads of LinkedIn, Jesson, that yeah. when we talk about 
some of the plights of the plight of uh, the small businesses and the owners that you're 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 talking about and who who can be listening they could be from consultants to to trades you know i quite often see a message now and again saying uh, can we talk about mental health yeah you know and i think people this year i think is the year people do want to talk about it people do want to open up about it people do want to identify with their with their values and they do want to find out how they can match their work-life balance how they can address the the ways in which they can be a liability to themselves their families and also for those in the supply chain those higher up how can developers contractors think about the effect of their actions down the line into the supply chain and how they're affecting those small business owners their families and their communities yeah and there's a wonderful message and teaching that you do and um, how can how can people listening uh, get in touch with you find out about a bit more about your coaching yeah. and, and and so they can get get some support the support they need yeah thank you Stuart. i appreciate that look i think before people get in touch you just got to ask yourself what do you need to help with um because i i contrary to popular belief in the coaching and mentoring industry um i, I don't just work with anyone who's got a pulse and a checkbook um i want to make sure people know what they want the problem hurts enough for them to want to do something about it because um like for example you, you go into the gym right now, you'll, especially at this time of the day, you'll see loads of people in the gym who are there, not because they want to be, it's because they've been prescribed it. They've been told, if you don't go and look after yourself, you're going to have a heart attack. And, and unfortunately, we live in a reactive society, not a proactive one. So when I say it needs to hurt enough, people, people need to understand that I want, I want your situation to be painful enough. Why? So that you do something about it. Because you know, if, it, if, it's not, if it's not uncomfortable, you don't move. That's how people are. So it's pointless getting in touch with me and my team unless you're absolutely 10 out of 10 committed to solving some kind of pain that you're in right now. Now, what kind of pain can I potentially help you with? Well, definitely with your mental well-being. Like right now, if you're struggling with your own mindset, um, you, you find yourself being quite negative at times. You find yourself spiraling out of control. You find yourself feeling like, you know, you're, you're having some of your darkest moments or you feel like you just every day's groundhog day you're just struggling you're, you're grinding it out and no one's around to help and no one understands you maybe not even your partner you just feel like really alone right now i can help you with that if you're feeling like your business is out of you know uh, you know out of control right now you're, the leads are not coming in the cash flow is not there um you know the sales aren't coming in you're, you're not you're not as profitable as you used to be or you're working too much trading too much time for money need to create more assets need to systemize your business so you're working less and getting paid more i can help you with that if you want your sales to go up we can help you with that so we we have so many different avenues to coach and mentor people and we make them super affordable as well we're not we're not crazy money um if you want to work with me personally it will be crazy money um but um, but that's fine because I, I have clients who are in different stages of their life. If you're doing multiple seven figures, then hit me up. Of course, I'd love to work with you. But if you're in early stages or you're six figures or just about or whatever it might be, you're just finding yourself and you need some help with your, your, your personal, professional, financial life, then we can help you. I've got, I've got some world-class mentors and, and coaches who work with me who I've personally trained who, who can help you. So um, if you want to do that and you're 10 out of 10 motivated to solving your problem, just drop us an email on success at jessandjames.com or, or drop me a, a DM on any of my social media handles, you know, all at, at jessandjames underscore official. But if you send an email, success at jessandjames.com, um, and that's 
success as in the word success j-e-s-s-e-n james.com just drop us an email just just say look i heard you on on stew's podcast and um you know make sure make sure you let us know that you came from stew so we know to look after you and um and then we'll see what we can do for you we can have an impartial chat with one of my team they'll be able to give you some free advice you might not even need us after that because we'll just we, we give willingly and if you do want to carry on working with us you can we can have a chat about that Oh, that's perfect. Um, and, and what I'll do, Jesson, is I'll put those links into the podcast notes Brilliant. when the episode goes out so people can watch the podcast and then if they need to get in touch, they want to get in touch, they're committed, they can click on the button and then come straight through to you. Yeah, absolutely that. And um, what I will do as well, Stu, is um, if you let let my, my, my Francesca know after this, we'll send you a link that they can just directly book in a, a consultation with our team. Um, and anyone who comes via you guys will we'll give them a free free complimentary session that they can have with the team and get some advice you know so that we can look after some of your people as well oh that's amazing thank you so much jesson no problem uh, time for a quick fire round yeah <laughs> okay so quick questions then um starting with how do you start your day I love this question because people often think that I get up at 5 a.m., meditate, zen out, all that. I don't. I, I actually don't. I don't. I don't do any of that. But how I start my day is I do get up early. Um, I hydrate straight away. Um, and then I get ready and I go to the gym. I go and work out. That's what I do. Um, you know, I, and I, it's my time. It's for myself. So um, I like to take that time out for myself um, because I, I, I need to fill my cup before I start the day. And I also like starting the day off like that because then I feel like I've achieved something. And I like to get it done nice and early before everyone else. And then it's done and it's dusted. And then, um, yeah, and then I'm, 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 up, I'm up at it. Family time, kids, uh, and then straight to work if I want to do some work. Yeah. <laughs> when are you most productive? That's a great one. Yeah, I fluctuate and I, I recommend everyone figures out what their times are. But I can be super productive early morning. Mid-morning, I kind of like have a little bit of a lag. Um, and then probably mid-afternoon, I'll pick up again. And then if I'm not careful, because it stops me from sleeping, I can get very creative at night. What's something new happening in your life right now? Um, our new coaching franchise, actually, because I, I, it's, it's exciting because we're, we're, we're going global. Um, we are literally going to be taking over the coaching space uh, by storm by giving people what they actually need with proper qualified coaches. Um, so I mean, that excites me because because I know it's the ripple effect. You know, I can't change the world, but together we can. And I'm really excited about that. What does adventure look like to you? Adventure looks like doing what you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want, however the heck you want. <laughs> <laughs> What thing would you love to do that might surprise your friends and family? Um, well, do you know what? I don't think enough of my friends or family know that I love cooking. I, I love cooking. I like, I'm, I'm a great cook. I've, I've, I've watched my mum from a young age and, and it used to be my go-to thing at university. So I'm, I'm really good at cooking. And what I'd love to do, and I have been speaking about this, but I haven't told many people, um, I actually want to do a chefing course. I, I really want to learn how to be a chef. Name a challenge you overcame that changed your life. Um, I'd say getting made redundant from my job. Um, and what I mean by that is um, it, it taught me 
I think a skill that a lot of people are lacking and that is self-leadership and responsibility and it's taking ownership has massively changed my life I, I'm no longer at the disposal of everybody else I control everything in my life because I take responsibility for it who or what inspires and motivates you do you know what um it's twofold my my kids massively inspire me why because they they're my why they're my driver they they're the reason why i carry on going even if things get tough and things get hard or i can't be bothered and and so they're my driver but they also inspire me because they're i think as adults we lose our ability to be childlike we lose our inquisitive nature we lose our curiosity we lose our obsession so so my kids inspire me and then my clients the public they inspire me why because a lot of people have challenges and you kind of inspire me to want to contribute and, and help and serve. So it gives my life a deeper sense of meaning and purpose. What does success mean for you? I'm going to go back to my adventure answer. My, you know, it means doing whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want, however the heck you want. And finally, what advice would you give to your young self? I'd, I'd go back and tell my young self that everything's going to be fine just the way it is. Um, you know, you're, you're, you don't, don't change anything that happens in your life um, because you'll, you'll change who you are. Everything that's going to go on in your life is going to shape you, but just know you're going to land on your feet, buddy. Thanks, Jesson. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Joe. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been listening to Construction Cashflow. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so, so you never miss an episode. And remember, the faster cash flows, the faster wealth grows.